Hey everyone, and welcome to Ribbon TV. I'm Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the program. Now, joining me today to discuss the process for migrating federal agencies from their on-premise voice solution to the cloud is Bill Grabner. He's the Vice President of Federal Markets for Ribbon Communications. Bill, thanks so much for joining me here on the show. Afternoon, Tyler. Happy, uh, happy to be here. Excellent. Well, uh, Bill, just start off just by giving us a little bit of background about your experience working with the federal government in this area. Well, at the risk of aging myself, I've been doing uh, federal government sales for about 20 years. Uh, I've been with Ribbon just about a year. Um, prior to Ribbon, I was with Cisco, uh, focused on their federal uh, market presence in various capacities there. Um, was with a direct federal contractor here in the D.C. area for a couple of years, and then I was director of public sector for uh, Genesis, which is a call center software company, for about uh, 10, a little over 10 years. So it's been quite some time focused on specifically on the, the public sector with a predominant focus on federal. So from your experience, Bill, why haven't federal agencies had broader cloud voice adoption like their commercial counterparts? Well, what has been the issue there? It's a really good question, and it's been a very um, critical topic here, especially during COVID, um, when cloud uh, applications in general have had significant uh, usage. You see uh, uh, collaboration tools like Zoom and Microsoft Teams having triple-digit increases because of the support of teleworking. Um, I think the predominant reason, and I've been working with uh, voice and voice-centric applications for a while with the federal government, the predominant re reason is that the federal government just has a different use case than their commercial counterparts. And I think that's mm -hmm. been a real challenge that vendors haven't done a good job of solving that problem for them. And it's a bit of a chicken and egg. Without products available, the federal agencies haven't gone to market looking for those products quite as much. Um, and without the federal government going to market, then the vendors, OEM vendors and, and prime contractors haven't put as much effort and focus into that. And federal is always tough, right, in terms of there's no guaranteed investments because of the nature of the federal buying cycle and use cases and things like that. But I think the underlying issue is federal governments need to have a federal government agencies need to have a, a premise focus. If nothing else, for as a backup. Um, solution. They can't move completely to the cloud. A, a commercial enterprise, if they choose to, from a profit and loss perspective, to say, I'm just going to move all my communications up to the cloud, they can do that, right? They, they can have resilience with things like cell phones and other uh, areas, but they don't need to maintain two separate environments. For a federal agency to move to the cloud, they really have to make a justification of, I want to have a cloud presence, but I need to keep some sort of resiliency on premise. Because federal agencies have different operating rules, right? A, commercial industry can shut down, there's cost to that, there's lost profits to that, but they can make that decision if they need to send everybody home for a period of time. And that's happened a lot here during COVID. Federal agencies don't have that luxury. The government still has to keep operational. And for agencies more concerned with national security, like the Department of Defense Commands, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, um, DISA, Defense Logistics Agency, they have a mandate. They have to operate in the event of some sort of a cloud outage. It could be a national emergency. It could be some sort of weather emergency, whatever, what, what have you. And so their mission critical people have got to be able to still operate. So for a lot of federal agencies, it's been a, a matter of if I spend money to move my voice operations to the cloud, I still have to spend money on the premise as well. And they're not integrated solutions because it's really an either or. That's been a, a, a big factor is they have to maintain that resiliency. So it's it's easier and more risk mitigating to keep just the premise-based PBX. So they don't get the, the value of the cloud, the flexibility of the cloud, the um, resiliency of the cloud, as well as 
when you go to a cloud service, you're really putting the onus on the vendor to keep updated with uh, current applications and patches and security. You're, you're, you're putting the risk more on them versus on-prem. So that's probably been the biggest challenge is that what the federal government and a lot of uh, just public sector agencies in general, they need to have a hybrid environment and the OEM vendors have not really done a good job of creating that kind of a hybrid environment for them. So with that being the case, how do you go about balancing those those two things then, just, just from your perspective? Um, given that that is a unique challenge that's not experienced in the commercial sector, uh, how do you balance that and how do you work together with them to help solve those issues? Well, part of it is, I, I would say, part of it is mind, the mindset, right? And helping shift the mindset as to how would you deploy a hybrid environment but still have it be cost-effective and capable for what your need is. Mm-hmm. The COVID response has really accelerated that conversation. The, the, the U.S. government, I think a lot of government agencies, haven't used collaboration tools quite as much because they not necessarily didn't see the value, but it was difficult to get there, right, in terms of how they get to those collaboration tools. They really saw tools like Teams and Zoom as conferencing tools. But the reality is the power of those tools are bringing a number of different communication methods together. So conferencing is one. Um, we're using Zoom right now. So it's, it's it's been widely used through the pandemic because it makes it so easy. But there's so many more features to it, right? In terms of, I can just pick up Teams in essence by clicking on a button and call someone directly, a point right. to call. That's a value too, because now I don't have to go and get my cell phone and pick that up. It's basically just click a button and now I've got these tools. But if I wanted to share a file with you, I can do it in this mechanism, right? If I wanted to have a, a separate team space or I want to have breakout rooms, there's a lot more power to those tools now. So it's kind of, pushed the government along to say, wait a second, these tools actually help me do business. It's not just about supporting teleworkers, which is a huge value during COVID, but it's also, it's a different method for doing business. I don't necessarily have to have everybody into a conference room. I can have more of a flexible teleworking environment. I can, instead of sending people across the country, flying out to a battlefield or across the country to another office, I can do that kind of collaboration here, right? So it's shown the power of what cloud tools can do, but you still have to be grounded in some sort of resiliency, right? How can I do that? What happens if I lose my cloud communication? I still have to be able to call people. So it's, it's having an environment of what is possible, what can you do that gets you out of the realm of just a standard PBX, which is very, very capable, very, very important, but there's different ways to deploy it that can be more flexible, but also cost-effective, because that's the key, right? Agencies could have done this before, but in essence, they're paying for two separate voice environments for their their personnel, prem and cloud. That's not very cost effective. The reality is most agencies want to drive their costs down when it comes to voice and focus on other things. Voice is kind of like, it's kind of like the IT version of plumbing. Everybody needs it. They want it to work. They want it cheap. They don't want to think about it, but it is somewhat complex. It has more complexities to it, especially in a multi-site environment um, when you put government level security on top of it as well. It just adds more complexity and more layers to it. So you mentioned it off the top there. How has COVID-19 maybe made an impact on how agencies are viewing this migration and the necessity of having cloud solutions? Has that had an impact at all? Uh, just give me your thoughts on that and what you've noticed in the industry. It, it's had a significant impact, right? When I guess it was just a little over a year ago when basically everybody got sent home. Um, Different agencies responded in different ways. Um, I was with Cisco at the time and dealing with several different federal civilian agencies, so the non-Department of Defense, non-Intel. Most civilian agencies adapted. It was it was challenging. It wasn't easy, 
but the federal civilian market already had a long-standing policy of teleworking. So they already had kind of the, the work uh, and processes in place to do that, right? But instead of teleworking one or two days a week, now you had people teleworking five days a week. So they had business processes and technology to support it, but they really weren't scaled for everybody doing it. So that's where a lot of the focus was, is just building out infrastructure, building out bandwidth, but the actual processes were kind of already set. DOD was a little bit different because they didn't have that same kind of approach, right? Because of the nature of their work, it's it's very different than federal civilian. So a lot of it is was considered, I have to be in the office. Well, COVID has shown that you can still be effective and not be in the office. Now there are still a lot of mission critical soldiers and and more mission oriented uh, personnel that have had to be in the office. I know the Pentagon has been you know, staffing up a lot right now. Um, They've had people who are in there every day since the pandemic started because there isn't a choice. They can't access the secure type of information and conversations from home. But a lot of workers can do that, right? So they've they've been looking at kind of their post-COVID, and we are by no means post-COVID, but they're looking at that next response because it's not about you know just how we resolve COVID. What about the next problem, whether it's man-made or whether it's a natural phenomenon? How do you respond to that? Because you still have to complete the mission whether you have people at home or not. And then a lot of personnel have gotten used to that. They can they can be just as effective, especially with collaboration tools, You still have, but you still have to have the same level of security that you would have in the office, even if you're in a teleworking situation. So it's really, the future looks to be more of a, much more of a hybrid approach. Instead of teleworking occasionally, it's much more of the fabric of how you have people effectively working from home and office on base and, and working together. So, Given all of these factors and all the things we've talked about up to this point, what's the best way to proceed when it comes to the pace of making this migration? Is it best to move at the pace that the agency is looking to move, or do you move a little faster? Do you push the pace a little bit? Uh, just give me your thoughts on that when it comes to making this migration and making these changes. Yeah, I think the 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 overriding factor, and it's even more um, focused now, is you have to look at what provides the level of security that the agency needs. And different agencies need different levels of security. But I think there is more of a focus on what levels of security, right? Is um, a financial um, manager in the Pentagon, do they need the same level of security as someone who's handling top secret or classified information, right? So looking at more of an individual approach to the types of users versus broad brush. So I think security is the number one thing to look at. The other is, cost and cost effectiveness, right? Where I think the old model has really been large infrastructure, almost mainframe like PBXs that are important because there's so many different components that a PBX does on base to, what do I have to keep on base for resiliency? But what can I start moving to the cloud so I can have a more flexible and agile type of approach, but can it be cost effective? Do I need to have a collaboration solution for every user? Or do different users maybe need different classifications of service? The federal government is one of the uh, kind of the last bastions of um, people want to have the ability to pick up a phone, mm -hmm. right? Teams is Teams, Zoom, collaboration clients in general, very, very important. And they um, have a um, very, they've really changed the way the government's doing business, as I said, but you still want to make sure that at a, at a minimum, I can always pick up that phone, right? Email, I can handle if my email is down. It's becoming less and less so, but if my email isn't available, it's a problem. But if I've got my SES or, or my director down the hall and they can't pick up the phone and make a, make a call, that's a problem, right? So you need to make sure you have that, that security and resiliency 
but you can't do it at a break the bank price, right? So you got to figure out what is the most flexible solution in order to, uh, to do that. Absolutely. So uh, I suppose, Bill, as we begin to wrap up this conversation today, what sets Ribbon apart in this particular area, especially given your experience and what you've seen in your time in the industry? How does Ribbon really set itself apart in terms of how it works together with these agencies to, uh, to deploy solutions that work best for them at the pace that works best for them and give them the consideration that's necessary, uh, given their, their standing in the country and their, their overall importance? Just uh, give us an idea of how Ribbon approaches this and and why it's so important? Well, Ribbon may not be a well-known uh, brand name yet within the federal government, but we do have some very important, very uh, significant customers within within the government, both on civilian and the, uh, the DOD side. Um, and they've chosen to invest in Ribbon because of the nature of our solutions. Our roots are deep. Uh, they go back to the Nortel days, back in the, you know, the 60s, 70s, and, and 80s, even beyond uh, uh, before Nortel. So we know this environment. We know voice and we know more importantly, we know carrier class voice. Now carrier class is a term that gets thrown around quite a bit, but what carrier class means is that a lot of our solutions were developed for the carrier market and they need nimble, they need agile, they need hybrid, um, they need easily deployable. And those are important things, right? Um, from, a, from a voice environment, when you're going to a cloud environment, there's no tougher environment than the service provider market because they will have millions of users on the same platform. We've taken that same concept to an enterprise place. We have all that security, resiliency, and capability, but from an enterprise type perspective, that's different from our competitors who are really more traditional on-premise PBX. They weren't really built to operate in the cloud. But because we have that carrier as well as enterprise uh, understanding, we can architect hybrid type approaches where you can have the needed level of service on-prem, the cloud-based service that you want going forward but you're not paying for, for both, right? To us, it's a singular infrastructure. It's just where you have things deployed. And that's really what's different is that we can have a better, more flexible hybrid solution. It's not pure cloud, it's not pure prem, but the agencies themselves can determine where do they want to have the predominance of their investment. Um, so in short, we're, we're, we're more secure, we're more agile, but we're more cost-effective than our competition. And at the end of the day, we're also open standards. So we don't force an agency or any customer into our ecosystem. We provide resilient, secure, and agile voice, but we leave it to the customer to determine what makes the most sense for things like endpoints or integration or where they want to deploy or how they want to deploy. Bill Grabner, Vice President of Federal Markets for Ribbon Communications. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, giving us a little insight into this progress and, uh, and telling us a little bit more about what Ribbon brings to the table. We appreciate your time. Pleasure to be here, Tyler. Thanks for the time. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Ribbon TV. We appreciate it very much. Stay tuned for more episodes from Ribbon Communications. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for watching.